Cheers. Morning. Cheers. This is my French press coffee this morning instead of my alcohol. I have leftover uh, noon sports drink. Ooh. I ran a little while ago and uh, finishing up rehydrating. You did a morning run? Yeah, I've been doing that recently. Nice. Uh, it's just easier just waking up, going, especially because it gets so hot at night. Yeah. All right. So we have an official name. It's What You Should Know. This is uh, the What You Should Know podcast. We're going to tell you what you need to know about whatever. And today we're talking about the Olympics. This year, uh, they are being hosted by Tokyo, Japan. And originally they were supposed to be last year, but everybody knows the COVID stuff's been going on. So they're happening this year. And I think we're just going to start out with all kinds of hosting issues because the Japanese people aren't happy that Japan's hosting it still this year. They um, did like general polling of citizens in Japan and it was like 83% of them would rather it just be canceled altogether or pushed back another year, which is crazy. Um, but at the same time, every country that ends up hosting the Olympics, nobody's really happy about hosting it just because of all the money issues that come with it. And then on top of that, there's been boycotts by Japanese uh, volunteers and workers um, who are preparing the, the games and, and the stadiums and Olympic Village stuff. Uh, it was something like 10,000 people just decided to boycott and not show up at all to work. Wow. So they're having serious problems planning it, but the games are going on. So I'm guessing in Japan, they take it a little more seriously than the, than the people do in the U.S. Yes. Um, which, looking into it, there were like, I think it was like 3,000 deaths per month for COVID. It really didn't seem like it was as bad as a bunch of other countries, but... Well, they have a lot less people, right, than we do? They do have a lot less people. But at the same time, I think I understand the the implications of them hosting or, or like just the weight of it. Because like imagine all these people from every country flying to your country and COVID's kind of coming to an end. And then all these people fly there. If they all get COVID and fly back to their respective countries and start spreading it again, the whole world's going to look at Japan and, and be like, what the heck, dude? That was all your fault. Or just like one person brings the D strain yeah. and then all of a sudden all of our superior athletes are just wiped out and be like, wow, yeah. Japan, this is all your fault. Yeah. So they have each athlete and coaches that are going there are given um, like a 70 page book of rules and regulations that they have to follow. And the consequences are pretty serious too. First, um, Obviously, there are fines by the Japanese government or the International Olympic Committee uh, if rules are broken. There's also athletes can lose their medals, be disqualified from their events. And uh, the worst case scenario is just immediate deportation. Just pack it up and you're, playing, <laughs> you're out of here. Doesn't care when your event is, you're out. Um, 
and some of the rules, it, it's kind of sad. And, and there were uh, athletes who kind of voiced concerns um, just because of like how weird it's going to be there. Uh, first of all, everybody has to eat alone the entire time they're there. Uh, you fly in and you're tested three days before. You have to have proof of uh, a negative COVID test when you enter the country. Is this even if they're vaccinated? You don't have to be vaccinated. Oh. Yeah. And there are athletes that spoke out about that too, who had said they're not comfortable being vaccinated just because of, they don't know what the effects are going to be on their body. And they were just hesitant about it, especially with training and everything going on. They didn't want to lose like a week of training because they're sick, which makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Depending on when it's offered in their country, you know, it could have been offered like last month for the first time in their country and just be like, I, I really can't lose a week of training right now. Yeah. So I, yeah, I get that. Cause that, that can really screw you up. So there's a lot of people who didn't get vaccinated just cause of timing and everything and worries about being sick during training. Um, so there's no rules about being vaccinated or not. Everybody has the same rules to follow. So you got to show proof of a negative test every day that you're there, you're tested again. And uh, like I said, the entire time you're there, you have to eat alone, which is kind of depressing, you know. Um, there's no conversations in small spaces. The examples that they list are elevators, um, smaller waiting rooms for like events. Uh, you're not allowed to have conversations while in the car with anybody. Is that to be masked. Or is this like with everybody? Does it include your team? This is in general. Oh, what about coaches? Yeah, in, in general, you got to be outside. Or in like your own hotel room in the Olympic Village or whatever. Oh, wow. You're free to speak. But they said in any official um, Olympic grounds, you can't have conversations in small spaces. But they're also, they're not allowed to leave to go see the city at all. Like they're confined to the Olympic Village and wherever their event is. This sounds like Firefest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that, um, they're gonna was show that... up. It's the the fake concert where like yeah. they're just like, ready to show up and then all of a sudden they got there and like everything was just terrible. That's what I'm picturing is what's gonna happen. Well, that's what I'm picturing too. I, I mean, they, they said um, like no speaking in cars and then what other people are upset about? Well, first of all, there's no spectators, which sucks. That's terrible. I, I mean... Well, then there's no money in the Olympics either, except for, like, TV. They make a lot of money from TV, though. Yeah, okay. But yeah. merchandise and stuff like that, I feel like when you're at the Olympics, so many people would travel to Japan to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Exactly. Like, so... But the, the real person who's hurt from that, I think, is the hosting country. Mm -hmm. Because the... International Olympic Committee is um, just like part owners and everything. So they get ad revenue from NBC and they give some of the money to the hosting country, but they don't really lift um, the burden of preparing, hiring workers and making sure everything's ready to go. They just kind of like coordinate and collect money. So, I feel like yeah, that sucks. And if I were Japan, I would definitely not want to host. I'd be like, well, it's just high what, risk and little reward. That's why no country wants to host. 
France twenty twenty four. Yeah, but it it was down to France and L A. I think it was L A. Um, not positive on that, but France and L A. and both of them really didn't want to do it, and all these countries basically hosted just to like get out of the way, you know. Yeah. Um, because then you then you're off the table for hosting for a while. <laughs> which like, yeah, I'll, I'll just take the hit now and then save myself four years of trouble. Yeah. Um, and then on top of no spectators, other athletes they have to be out of the country within forty eight hours of their event. Oh wow! So they you can't like cheer on your teammates or anything, which kind of sucks because I, I mean if you're doing the same event. And you lose in prelims, and then there's semifinals, and then finals over the course of a week. Um, you might live with these people that that make it to finals, and that's your whole life. But you can't even. Yeah, you're not talking to them. them yeah, you're not talking <laughs> to them all, also to begin with. You can have a phone call in separate rooms, right? Oh, there, there's just no way people follow that. I'm sorry. There's no way. Well, no, and. People are upset because the whole Olympic Village atmosphere is gone, which is just one big party. Like, <laughs> let's dive into that. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you want to say something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was uh, the Olympic orgy, is what they used to call it. Um, yeah. And they used to they gave out like free condoms because so many people were just going at it. Everybody's in like their prime of their life, super stressed out. Peak athletes, it's like, all right, <laughs> finish your event. Just, I, I mean, they probably drank for the first time in a year or two, also. Yeah, I mean, they've been waiting four years to train for this, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, when we were in college, we had dry season for a month, so okay, well, some of us followed dry season for a month, and then <laughs> at the end, I the did, party, I did year, at times. <laughs> the party yeah. at the end was always crazy, so I just imagine that the Olympic Village is probably constantly like that crazy party yeah four or five weeks of being dry and it's like you're going crazy because you're so excited to have a party or something can't imagine that yeah no way no and you're in a foreign place too which just adds to the excitement <laughs> it does yeah it's it's like uh it's like going on vacation except you just competed at like your top event and now you're like all right let's celebrate and i get to be somewhere cool Except this year, there's there's going to be none of that. Yeah. So. Which, not a huge deal, but I also get it, too. Like, you you, you want some type of reward for making it there also, but the reward is also in, in the medal and, and being on TV for your event. Unless you lose, and then, I mean, you always have the party to get back to. <laughs> that, too. That's where the reward is for people who don't win. They're like, oh, well, you know, at least I'm at a party with a ton of very attractive people <laughs> yeah. yeah, for the next three weeks. <laughs> God, that's, that's gotta be crazy. Uh, all right. So I'm going to, are you ready? I think I'm going to cover some of the events and some more. Yeah, go for it. Let's talk about I'm that. just going to start spitting some facts about um, this Olympics. I'll start off with the, the modern Olympics started in 1896. That was like the first modern one. And now I'm going to get into this one. So there are 339 events. And then I counted 46 
events on the official website, but some like websites say that there's only 33 sports. And then on the videos that they have on their website, it says they have 55 sports. So okay. I feel like that can be heavily debated. Uh, I guess it depends <laughs> on what you count as a sport versus a section of the event. So like, for example, there's baseball and softball. Does that count as two sports or one? I see what you mean. Yeah, so, that's that's like men men's and women's track, basically. Yeah, and then you have like, I think it's like three three-man basketball and then you have like full team basketball. So do those count as different sports? Like, yeah, I, I see the gray area there. It gets tricky. Um, and then how many athletes? There's going to be over 1,100. Uh, the exact numbers for debate, I guess, because people can pull out at any time. And then vaccines will be available. And then, as you mentioned, they're not going to be required. Mm -hmm. Expected number of countries. How many countries do you think are going to show up? Uh, 100. 205. Whoa. Yeah, and then it's going to take place over the next 16 days. It's going to go from the 23rd, which is today, all the way to the 8th. Uh, and now I've got a little bit of fun facts. So every, every Olympics recently has had a mascot, and that started in 1968 mm -hmm. uh, in the Grenoble Winter Olympic Games with Scus, which was a red-headed character on skis. Uh, and then I have a list of a bunch of them, which I'm just going to skip because, but there's a link which we can post. Um, now I'm going to botch the name of the, uh, the current one, which is Mira Itoa. And it basically looks like uh like a blue robot. You remember that Nick, Nick show, like Jesse, the teenage robot. No. Oh my gosh. Actually. Well, yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Like that blue. Mm -hmm. That's what this looks like, uh, and it comes from the Japanese words miraya, which means future, and toa meaning eternity, representing the wish that the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games will lead to a future of everlasting hope in the hearts of everyone around the world. That's a good message. I also feel like Japan is always playing like futuristic, like atmosphere. Oh yeah, with things for sure. They they're like um, in the movies when you see like the futuristic like tech kind of future. I feel like Japan's like we trying to get there right right now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's their whole uh, like mo. You know. Yeah, if you there's like a little video on Mira Toa, and like you can watch the little like mascot compete and everything. It's pretty cool. And then Summity is the Paralympics one, and it's basically a pink Jesse the Teenage Robot um, as well. <laughs> and I'm assuming both of them are going to be showing up a lot. So you mentioned the uh, Tokyo trying to be ahead and everything like that. The motto for this Olympics is United by Emotions. And the goal is that everyone will come together and everyone will stay united. So I don't know how that's going to work considering no one's going to talk. <laughs> Stay in your confined spaces, leave the country within 48 hours, but we're united. Don't talk to anybody, but when you leave, we are going to be one. Yes. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. 
And then uh, I can dive in a little bit more to the new sports that are being added. Yeah, let's let's talk about some of these because I don't really understand um, one of them, I think. Like, one. it just seems like a weird idea to me. All right. Uh, so there are a few things that I did want to touch on first. Okay. The handball and hockey are in the Olympics, and that's field hockey. And men and women are, are playing field hockey. I've heard of fem- uh, male field hockey players. I didn't know that because I feel like in my high school and in my area, there was no men field hockey options. So Yeah, same with us, but certain states, I think, do it. I mean, we could have a team and also handball, which I was I felt like was the best in gym class. So Yeah, I can't really picture the rules for that right now, but that doesn't really seem like a Olympic sport. But it's definitely fun. And then this one, which I think is the coolest, is called the modern pentathlon. This is none of this is new. This is all yeah, all already there. Um, but it consists of like five events and it's horse riding, fencing, shooting, running, and swimming. And once you like win, it's considered like the king of sports competition. Yeah, I saw this and I thought this was weird to me. This is something that, in my opinion, they could just leave off the table. No way, dude. This is way too cool. <laughs> 200 meter oh, yeah. style swim, right? That's right off the bat. Then you awesome. have fencing. You do like round robin matches. Think of like competing against different people. And, uh-huh. and there's a bonus like fencing elimination round, which is about 30 seconds. All right. So you get points that way. Next, you do uh, the horse jump competition where you ride on an unfamiliar horse, which I think this is the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. Basically, like think of Harry Potter 4 when they pick the dragons out of the bag like 20 minutes before they go. Yeah, that's what happens here. They get they get like a random horse, okay, and they have twenty minutes to bond with this horse, and then they have to like go around this course, jump over things, and then complete it with no penalties in the amount of time it's finished. I think that's really cool. That is, that crazy. is awesome. Yeah, like, that's yeah. It's just I've never heard of anything like that, so I thought that was wild that you just get a random horse and it's like, hey, good luck. Yeah. Like, cause even if you train like your whole life, if you get like a crap horse, you're done. Mm-hmm. So the last event is laser shooting. You get, you have to hit five targets and then it's four by 800 meter run. So you, you get placed like your position is based on how you did in the other three events. Uh, Again, this is not a new sport. This is something that will be televised and has been televised in the past. Yeah. So every point you get is a second advantage. So basically everybody's starting at different times. And then you do four circuits of hitting five targets that are 10 meters away. And then you run the 800. And then you must hit all the targets within 50 seconds. I guess there'd be a penalty afterward. Um, Yeah, I I just feel like. I, I don't know why. It just it just seems like way too extra for me. See, I think I don't know how course, <laughs> because it must not be that popular. It's not a US thing at all. But I think it's sick. It's I get where they're going with it and it's a cool idea, but 
it's just I don't know. I I don't have any interest in watching it. I will definitely be watching this. Uh, I'm during. sure you will be. Yeah. All right. Now now we're going to talk about the new sports. So I went in deep on the new yeah. sports. So we have surfing, and this is going to take place on real waves at Sidehara Beach, which is about 40 miles outside of Tokyo. This is apparently heavily debated by surfers because uh, nobody's going to get the same wave, right? Every wave is going to be different. So a lot of the times surfing competitions have been argued that they should be taking place in a wave pool. But like the true surfers, they hate that because they're like, that's not how the sport was made. That's not how the sport's supposed to be done. Yeah, the wave pool is a dumb idea. I agree. It should be at the beach. Yeah. Uh, so it was surfing was popularized by Duke Kanemoku. Like I'm going to mess that up. Uh, but it was created. He's considered the father of surfing, of modern surfing. And he was from Hawaii. He won three gold medals in swimming at the Stockholm Olympics in 1912. And he was also in the Antwerp uh, 1920 Olympics competing for the US. And when he was like on the podium, he mentioned that he wanted to see like Olympics, uh, the Olympics accept surfing. And that was back in 1912. Wow. Over a hundred years ago, this guy was like, I wanna see surfing. Um, I just think it's nuts. And he was like an, a gold medalist in yeah. some, like, three gold medals. That's nuts. Yeah, I, um, I think surfing is a cool idea. I feel like half of the sport, though, also is the randomness of the waves, right? Like and The thing is, it's not random if you're really good at it, apparently, because you can read okay. the wave. So like, it's like a skill thing, and that's, that's where it's debated is because a lot of people – they're like, oh, I don't know if, because it would be easier if everybody had the same wave, but a lot of it is being able to read the waves. Like if you can read the waves well, like you're a better surfer. Yeah, I get that. But if it is in a wave pool, like every wave is exactly the same. Yeah. So that, that whole aspect of, of reading the waves and feeling out the ocean in general is just off the table. Which you could argue is good, or you could argue it was worse. Why would you argue that it's good? Because I, I think it's worse if it's in a wave pool and off the table. Because you think it's good if it's in a wave pool? No, no. I, I think it's good if it's in the ocean. Yeah. I think well, it's worse. Everybody's judged evenly, right? So every wave's the exact same. So everybody's judged evenly. Everybody gets a fair shot. But yeah. I can't really argue for it because I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, I and and like I see the fairness issue, but I, I mean, being that like all the waves are just programmed by some computer, it's like every single person has the equal opportunity to know exactly when it's going to come, how it's going to break, how high it's going to be, you know? Yeah. And I, I get it. Like somebody might get like just a crap, whatever, two, three minute uh whatever session in the ocean, but well, so I, I get that that's unfair, but so they actually get 30 minutes in each heat. Oh, so it's not like, Oh man, there's no good waves in my, like you're there for a half an hour, the max amount of time, like surfing waves you can do 
is 25 and they're just going to take your top two scores. So okay. yeah, you can, you have 30 minutes to hit as many, like I guess 25 waves, which is, I feel like more than, it's a less than one, a mi- uh, every like minute and a half, but still yeah. 25 waves is I think more than enough. Uh, for I a agree. Break. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. So in surfing, there's two boards and they're going to be using this short board, which is apparently better for like maneuvering. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the longer ones, like it, it's harder to turn that stuff, you know? Yeah. It's like turning a bus around a corner versus like a little sports car. Same thing. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Um, how it's going to work. I already mentioned the waves and the score, uh, how many minutes it is. There are going to be initial rounds with four or five people heats. And then the main round is going to be two person where the winner advances to the next round and the loser is eliminated. Uh, when each wave breaks the peak, which is like the steepest part, athletes will position themselves at the peak and then into the way they can choose when they want to go into the wave. When more than one athlete are going on the same wave, you want to make sure you're on the right side because the person who's on the right has the priority or mm-hmm. like the person who's closest to the wave. The yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. All right. There's going to be five judges uh, committed and the degree of difficulty, like if they commit commitment and the degree of difficulty, I guess is one of their judging innovation, progressive maneuvers, combination of major maneuvers, variety of maneuvers and speed, power, flow, uh, and the maneuvers do not have prescribed scores. So I guess it's kind of like up to the person's choice, like the the judge's point, like score. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now I'm going to go over some of the, the tops because this is brand new. So if you're watching it, you're going to be like, who should I look for? John John and okay. Kelly from the U.S., I heard of uh, Kelly Slater. Those two, they're like World Surfing League champions. Then we got Mick Flanning and Joel Parkinson from Australia. Gabriel Medea and Adriana. I'm not going to say their last names because I'm just going to botch them all. But those two are from Brazil. Then there's some other people that have been known to be really good, which would be Kolohi from the U.S., Italo from Brazil, Jordi from South Africa, and Kanoe from Japan. I'm thinking Kanoa or Kanoe, whatever. The Japan guy, I think he's going to be a sleeper. I think it's his home country. He's going to step up. It might. And then for women, it's just typically been dominated by uh, Australia and U.S. Carissa Moore from the U.S., Stephanie and Tyler from Australia. And then other women are Sally from Australia, Lakey and Caroline from the US and Tatiana Webb or Watson Webb and Silvana from Brazil. That's that's your go-to if you're looking at surfing and you want to sound like you know what you're talking about. Just be like, oh man, John John's going to win or Carissa. Like just, I would just lean into that. Um, I was at a like bonfire the other day and all these people were from Hawaii they were visiting and I was like, Oh yeah. Like, what do you guys think of John John? And they went nuts. So it worked. I've already tried it. 
That's hilarious. All right, next event is going to be sports climbing. So there's going to be three different types of climbing all in one. And the final placement is determined like by multiplying all your scores together. Uh, athletes are going to be kept away from the walls. So basically you're going to be staying in your own room until you're up. And this is to take away the advantage of reading the wall before you get there. Mm -hmm. And everybody's wearing small climbing shoes. So the three parts are speed climbing, bouldering, and lead climbing. What do you think? Oh, we'll get to, we'll get to that later. Um, so two athletes for speed climbing go side by side on a 15 meter wall and they see who can climb it the fastest. Okay. It's a 95 degree wall and then winning time. So you can tell whether or not someone's good for men between five and six seconds and for women, seven and eight. Wow. You ready for this? If you fall start, you're instantly DQ'd. Wow. So that sucks. That does suck. Uh, bouldering. What do you think this means, Sean? Climbing up boulder type walls. <laughs> So the goal of bouldering is to complete the highest number of routes and routes are known as problems. And it's only a four and a half meter wall. Uh, there's a limited time and then there's difficult routes, like more routes are difficult, more difficult than others. So you're trying to get a bunch of routes in. What do you mean routes? So like different ways that you can climb the wall. So, you know, oh. when you go to a rock wall and you see like the, the, the blue, the blue stones, you got to follow the blue stones. And then you got the green stones, you got to follow the green yeah. stones. Yeah. I think that's what it means. Okay. That's kind of what I was picturing. Um, all right. And the only way that it, it officially counts as completed is if you touch both hands at the top. Like both hands go to the top rock. That means you've completed the route. Okay. Uh, on this one, a big way that you can tell is there's going to be no safety ropes. And uh, you get more than one try if you fall. All right. Now, lead four and a half meters, though. So, like, is that yeah. 20-ish feet? Yeah, but I don't think, like, I think most people probably fall early. That would be my guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. E either way, like, it's going to hurt. But I don't think you'll die, which is why yeah. I think you can do it without ropes. Yeah. We have lead climbing next, uh, which is basically they climb as high as you can in six minutes. And the wall is more than 15 meters. So this is what they say is focused on endurance and technique. And then you click in as you climb to record your height. So basically like you climb up, click in, climb up, click in, and that's how they'll know how far you've gone. And if two people hit the same height, the person that gets to the top the fastest wins. So. I think anybody who legitimately climbs mountains and stuff and, and does like free like rock climbing is at a disadvantage. So I feel like this should just be like indoor rock climbing specifically. Oh, so you think, so you're thinking just, well, then would you go by route, speed or height? You, you would do all three. I think the event just puts anybody who, doesn't spend much time in a rock gym and, and it's just out there climbing real mountains and stuff or rock structures at a disadvantage. Yeah. I think that's where the, um, the bouldering is. That's where they'd be at the advantage. Oh, because I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that's a real rock. Oh, okay. So I think I, that's where you'd have your best advantage. That was my, um, 
that was my concern. I, I feel like there's so many events that take hours, like uh, like bike races take a few hours. Um, yeah. Like triathlon stuff. Um, so like, I, I feel like they could just throw them out on a real mountain and just, just climb, guys. Well, like time them and and see how far up they get. You know, whoever can get to the top wins. Whoever dies loses. Like, yeah, like like you got like one hour. Like, see what you can do on this. Get as far as you can and just send them out individually so they're not fighting each other. Yeah, the issue is then you could have people that are researching the mountain in advance. Yeah, that would give you a significant advantage. I was about to say they they could just get out there and start chiseling the mountain and, and reshape it, but then that, that's going to cost so much money and just a big waste of time. Just just for one event. <laughs> yeah, that's that's too much of a money commitment. I understand where they why they chose to do it the way they did. Okay. All right. Next, skateboarding. Yeah. Two types of skateboarding. Uh, what's cool is that they tried to keep it kind of like to the culture of the event, sort of like with surfing where they're allowing it to be on real waves. Uh, so they'll go one at a time and you can blast your own music while you compete. Hmm. I think that's pretty cool. It is cool. Uh, so the two types are park and street. And I'm not going to lie to you. This is a little confusing to me, but park involves skating on a series of ramps and like half pipes and bowls. So, you know, I'm, only thing I know about skateboarding is like Tony Hawk. Yeah. So, you know, in like, you know, when people like surf in pools, like in like Tony Hawk, you're like, boom, you're going through the pools. That yeah. I is like park. And then yeah. street involves skating on like a course with like obstacles. So like things that you'd find naturally in an urban setting. So think of mm -hmm. like stairs, rails, benches, boxes, things like that. In my mind, I'm thinking of that like parkour with the skateboard. Yeah, I um, I, I think the park stuff. I picture um, like like you ever see the clip of Tony Hawk doing the first 900 on a half pipe, and it and it's like, oh, well, it's like it, it's like a half pipe, just like two ramps up on either side, and they're yeah. just going back and forth. And it's like 15, 20 feet high on either side, you know? Yeah. So I think that's going to be like part of it. And then you've got the yeah. bowls and you can choose kind of like whatever you want. So think mm -hmm. of like an actual skate park, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think street sounds cooler, but again, I don't skateboard, so I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to use those like different things to try and do tricks. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then for both of them, judging will be scored on speed, difficulty, originality, timing, stability, and the flow of the performance. Yeah. Um, the skill that they'll be looking for would be midair suspended, like suspended in midair tricks. Mm -hmm. That makes so, sense to me. Yeah. Now we're going to move to karate. There's two types of karate. Uh, two two disciplines are being added. With it'll feature eighty athletes, with ten competing in eight events. So two two men's and women's kata, and three classes for each men and women in kumite events. Uh, so now I'll describe what each of those are. So kumite or kumite is grappling with hands. So this is like your typical fighting. Uh, apparently there's eight different types of kumite, 
I'm probably I'm definitely botching. I should have looked out how, how to say that. It's all right. Um, and it's like a sparring discipline, and there's gonna be three weight classes. So basically yeah. how it works is there's punching and kicking techniques that are allowed to the head and abdomen. Yeah. And then the fights are in an eight by eight meter uh, area. It's like think like a square. Mm -hmm. In some tournaments, face contact is allowed, uh, limited to senior practicers. So I'm assuming. Which everybody's going to be a senior practicer. So I'm assuming it's going to be allowed in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, first competitor to take eight points overall wins. And they have it. They have three minutes. If it ties, yeah. it goes to the first person to ever score a point. Okay. So how points work? You get four warnings, and then you lose the match. So you can't hit below the belt. You can't hit someone while they're down without trying to have, like, knocking someone down without trying to hit them down. So, like, you can't, like, sweep a leg or anything like that. That's not cool. Yeah. So you get three points for kicking in the head or neck or using – anything when they're down so if you knock them down naturally then you're allowed to just beat the heck out of them um really i think so that's that's kind of the way it was written so i did okay so i didn't do karate i did taekwondo and i did like one or two competitions when i was a kid like elementary school mm -hmm. i've already been like 11 or 12 years old and there were um there was a kata section where i did that and that was just like basic like form like movements like a yoga flow type thing that's literally the next thing that got added it's literally like basically a yoga flow but with the fighting moves yeah and then we did um one where it was like that kind of fighting thing and it was the same type of rules but because we were kids it was basically just abdomen you could yeah. hit um and you couldn't hit anybody while they were down like if you the way you get a point is if like you did like a clean like solid hit like if somebody hits you like in the chest and you go down that's going to be a point for the other guy and they and they're just going to pause it it's just going to be like break like that's one nothing you get back up three two one go at it again and i think it's probably going to be similar i don't think they're going to let them like it's not mma i don't think they're just yeah. gonna beat the heck out of the guy while he's on the ground yeah, because MMA, the point is to knock them out. So that's why they beat them up when they're on the ground. Because, like, if you get a knockout, you win. So that's yeah. why, like, guy goes down, you just go right for his head. But <laughs> Taekwondo has been in the Olympics. And I remember watching it as a kid, and that was kind of how it was done. Mm -hmm. But then I also know, like, um, stuff like uh, jujitsu is in the Olympics, I'm pretty sure. And that's, like, get the other person to tap out. I think judo. I don't judo. know. But, yeah. Okay, I don't know. It might be it might be judo then, but um, the whole point of stuff like that is to get them to tap out, like different holds. Get them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for the, the finishing off the points, it's a kick to the belly, side, or torso is two points, and one punch for uh, one point for punching the head, neck, and belly, side, back, or torso. Mm -hmm. You'd mentioned kata, which is the next one. So we pretty much described it. I like think I thought of it was like more like form drills, right? I guess. Yeah, I guess it's it's kind of like it's kind of like preset. Um, so like there would be like like each each like belt and rank in um, at least Taekwondo. It's usually the same across all of them. The difficulty yeah. goes up where it incorporates different techniques and stuff. 
Um, and it's basically like a memorized flow of kicks, punches, uh, sometimes blocks. Um, but a lot of the time, like you got to like be powerful while you do it. So they're looking for just strength, like power, um, and just like being able to hold things in like a strong, powerful position, you know? Strength, speed, and balance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could be a judge. <laughs> Probably not. So there's my... two forms that are recognized by the Karate Federation. Okay. Which are going to be allowed to be used in the Olympics, and you're not allowed to use the same thing twice. So I guess that means there's 102 of those routines that are recognized, and you're not allowed to do the same one twice. And then each event will have 10 competitors, um, seven okay. judges scored from point or 5.0 to 10, uh, 0.2 increments for the scoring. You'll take the two highest and the two lowest scores will be taken out. And then the, the, the rest will be added, which is weighted at 70% for technical points and 30% for athletic points. Okay. In the case of a draw, you will perform another kata. Yeah. And that then, like you said, stance, technique, situational movements, timing, correcting, correct breathing, focus, and performance. Mm. Baseball and softball are being added as well. I, I mean, everybody kind of knows the rules. That's not exciting. Yeah. Uh, fun, fun thing about this <laughs> is the most new athletes, 144 men and 90 women. Wow. Yeah, and that's it for new sports. The last thing I wanted to add, breakdancing 2024, see you in Paris. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that really being added? Yeah, it just got approved, like January. Breakdancing wow. 2024. All right. So 10 sports have completely been removed from history. Croquet, cricket, jus de pume, polite, polo, racket, rackets, tug of war, lacrosse, and motorboating. Golf. Nobody is missing out on tug of war. <laughs> nobody is. Nobody cares. I don't know who the athletes are that are doing tug of war, but I think that was like a track thing. Like you got your yeah. track team to do tug of war. Then again, it could have been with weightlifting. Yeah, I I'd picture like weightlifting or something. That makes sense. Um, rugby and golf were added back in 2016, and then softball and baseball back this year all right so I think... at... yeah go ahead uh go ahead. japan's gonna win for baseball i'm pretty sure that's why it got removed and then the u.s is gonna win for softball because i'm pretty sure that's how they've always won and then they were just like all right they win too much let's take it out i guess that too uh, maybe viewership was low you know i think so well that could be why they brought it back for japan because if they always win, they'd want more people to watch and be like, hey, it's our thing and it's back. Yeah. That yeah. Like, if only one country in the world is watching it because they're just dominating, maybe they're just like, yeah, like this isn't worth the time. So, some other fun events that were taken out. We have cross country, where they would just run different distances for cross country, mm -hmm. uh, different distances for steeple. And team race, where they just basically, it was like a, a medley. Cycling used to have a 12-hour race and a 2K tandem race. How okay. fun does that sound? It does sound fun. 
rope climbing, uh, triathlon for gymnastics, and side horse vault. I don't know what that last one is. It's basically just the regular vault except sideways, I think. Okay. 100-meter freestyle swim for sailors. So you had to be sailing, and then you could compete in the 100-meter freestyle. And so that was, that's out now? That was only in the first Olympics. They did it in the 19... They had it in the 1896 Olympics, and they removed it because they were like, that's it. Yeah, that's that's not worth anybody's time. Solo synchronized swimming. I don't know okay. how that one passed for so long. That, that doesn't work at all. I I, who are you synchronized with yourself? Yep. Just one person swimming alone. I don't understand how that got, how that was there for so long. I was going to say, I just, it just popped in my head. What qualifies you as a sailor? Like how I many days have, a year on a boat do you have to be a sailor? I think it was like the boating events. Like you had to be in the boating events and then you could do that. I hunting. see. I yeah. see. That, okay. that is what makes the most sense to me. Yeah, that makes sense to me too. Um, underwater swimming was only in the 1900, 1900 France. Mm -hmm. Took one and two, but the number three was the guy that was there the longest, but he started swimming in a circle. Imagine uh, David Blaine doing that. <laughs> you see, uh, you see him like spend like eight minutes or something underwater. Yeah, he would just be there and be like, yeah, it's cool. I can hold my breath for 25 minutes. I've done it once or twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is fun. It was the 200-meter obstacle course. Also in 1900, 1900 um, where they would, they would swim. They'd run over boats. They'd, like, climb over walls. All fun things. Uh, and then the plunge for distance. So they would dive into the water and see how far they could go underwater before. Like, you're not allowed to do any strokes. Yeah, that's a dumb one. They had uh, one-handed lifting for weightlifting. Oh All-around dumbbell, uh, where they did 10 lifts in five days. And then this is the last one that I thought was super fun. Uh, the 10-meter running deer. Deer? Yeah, for shooting. So they would release the deer and then they would shoot it. <laughs> okay, that, that's actually a funny one, but I just, I just what came what what came to mind was releasing the deer and just having like a big shotgun that just just sprays out in one shot, hunting it down, just going for it. <laughs> yeah, like I get back then it was probably like a rifle where. You got to load a single bullet or whatever and and uh, cock the gun so it's ready and you get one shot. But now just <laughs> I, I just picture like like one shotgun just splattering like two deer because it's like five feet in front of you. <laughs> that's horrible. That's, I'm sorry I said that. That's horrible. But that's what came to mind. That's so fun. Yeah, I don't. It was in the Olympics for 40 years. Like they. Oh, wow. It was like a very much a real event. And then I think it probably got like attacked by PETA, if I had to guess. Yeah, I'd guess that too. That's uh, that's all I got for, for events. I just thought I like was looking through those and there was literally a list of like over a hundred. And I was like, I got to pick out these because they're hilarious. Yeah, that, those are pretty crazy. I, um, yeah, I can't believe some of that stuff. The, the sailor 100 meter, that's, 
gonna stick with me all day like when what's the deal who's to say like somebody does like a swimmer just doesn't qualify or qualifies to be a sailor throws the event away and just knocks it out of the park takes home the gold medal and the money that comes with it think about the like it's it's basically like a tankers relay yeah exactly like there was like uh what can we do and all the sailors were like yo i can swim the 100 pretty fast and they're like all right we'll just throw them in the 100 free like whatever we'll see what happens yeah exactly um you want to you want to wrap it up with what we think the future holds for the olympics all right like I, I feel like there's been there's been so much controversy about people not wanting to host the olympics and i feel like every time this comes around we always like did you ever see the pictures of rio afterwards where it's just all these abandoned trashed facilities no you didn't see that oh no i haven't God. seen that so they Every time, like they get hosted, every Olympic Village, all the stadiums, they just end up abandoned. And like, like in Brazil, like homeless people were like basically living in some of the stadiums. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it just they abandoned them. They peace uh, out. They're in, gone. I went to Australia and they reestablished the. I think this was in Australia. They fixed the Olympic Village and made it so like it could be like low income housing. That's a good idea. And I think London uses like some of their facilities still, like the stadiums, but I, I just feel like nobody wants to host it. I, I think the main thing going forward in the future, it should like really be contained to like a few cities, you know? Yeah, well, I feel like then they could just recycle it. Like use well, the yeah, that's yeah. the point. Like you're wasting so much resources. You need so many temporary workers too. Like everybody who works there has a job for what one year to prepare for it. And then like four weeks and then it's just, you're out of work. Yeah. I guess, I, I guess it'd be like construction workers get like, it's a boost to their jobs, which is great. Like it gives them like, if they contract it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it just be more work. I don't know. That is kind but, of difficult. Cause like people do just like, once it's over, you're like, all right, that's it. That's all we got. Yeah, but like you could you could hire like it could be like a whole like tourist attraction too type thing, you know, where yeah. if it's and I saw arguments for places that have facilities already to constantly do it like London, L.A., um, Sydney or like Beijing. Um, but then I also saw argue, arguments for like Athens, Greece to just host it permanently because that's where it started. Like the the original like hundreds of years ago like Olympics yeah. was like a Greece type thing. I like so, that. I feel like that would be great because then it's like, hey, this is just where it is every year, and then yeah, it'd be great for tourism because everybody would just always go there. Yeah, exactly. And then you could have staff full time, ongoingly year to year. You know, it wouldn't yeah. be as much staff. Like there would still be seasonal workers. But at least it wouldn't be like like Japan has like eighty thousand people working to get this thing ready, right? And a hundred percent of them, come September, are out of a job, Damn. which sucks. Yeah, and I, I mean, if you keep it in the same country, obviously most of like the temporary workers to run the show, they'll probably be out of work. But you could probably cut it down from a hundred percent of people losing their job after the Olympic Games to maybe. 70 percent that's losing, a win. or maybe you could keep like 50 60 percent of the workers full-time you know if it's that big of a tourist thing 
Yeah. You have ongoing construction to maintain things so that the buildings don't fall apart. I feel like that'd be better. Yeah. Well, they could just use better materials because I'm pretty sure with the Olympic Village, they just build like a crappy thing so it falls apart, like made out of cardboard. Yeah. Or you could also even use like the Olympic Village's hotels. Oh, like, true. People would love that stuff. Like stay in the same area as your favorite Olympian. Yeah. People would eat that shit up. Yeah. All right. Who do you think is going to have the most medals? United States. I'm going to go U.S. and then I'm going to go Japan because they're I'm, Japan. I think they're being slept on right now. That guy from surfing, he's going to come up guaranteed. Who do I think is going to be the next most amount of medals? I'm going to say China. Oh, yeah, probably China. All right. Well, okay. I'm, I'm going Japan for third. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just based on population, uh, China will probably get more medals. Uh, yeah. That's that's why I guess China, but I feel like the United States has been pretty dominant for a long time. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys, yeah. anything else? That's it. Cheers. One last thing. We do have an email address. It is the W-Y-S-K podcast. Is it just pod? Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And the W-Y-S-K stands for what you should know. And that's what you should know about the Olympics. And what you need to know is our email. You can send us whatever you want. Stuff that you want us to talk about. Um, what you thought of the podcast. Any ideas for the future. Whatever. Thanks. <laughs> that's what I got. Thanks, guys. That's what you should know. <laughs>